0: Oh and welcome to this week's episode of Crack One Open. I'm Mike. What the What the What's going on? Am I Elise? Holy crap. What's going on? You sounded like Morty for a second. Oh jeez. Oh jeez. So welcome. Wow. I'm I'm Elise.
1: I'm Mike. <laughs> and I'm befuzzled.
0: <laughs> I thought I'd throw you off even more. <laughs> well, I'm already off. I know.
1: Not fair. If my voice sounds weird, it's because I'm sick. Yeah. But I'm hoping sweet, sweet alcohol will cure me of that.
0: Yeah. I kind of advised against this, but
1: the, the, show man, must the man's go on.
0: dedicated to his craft. so
1: <laughs> Craft beer.
0: Hey-o! <laughs> A- I see what you did there. So this week, we are cracking open Afterglow, an IPA from Foundation Brewing Company, which is located in Portland, Maine. So a little bit about Foundation. They say, quote, Until you find your calling, you don't know what you're missing. And from the moment you do, it's hard to think of anything else. Foundation Brewing Company is the story of what can happen when you follow that calling, pushing past the easy appeal of everything safe, solid, and sure to pursue the promise and perils of passion. They started with decades of homebrewing experience combined with the unyielding drive of brewing geek's Captivated by the science of beer, intent on the pursuit of pursuing distinct flavors, and disciplined in efforts to document what we learned. Wait, wait, wait. End quote. What
1: the pursuit of pursuing?
0: That's not that a typo. No, that's that was me. They <laughs> they wrote everything so like it's it, like it sounds so nice, but it's a tongue twister. Uh, per, the pursuit of distinct flavors and disciplined in efforts to document what we learned. Okay. My brain just had a little like <laughs> short circuit in the middle of that sentence.
1: I don't know whether so, I want to tie it together so it sounds good or keep this in there. Yeah, Just
0: keep it in there. Whatever. <laughs> so since the creation of the brewery, they say they have grown carefully. They open their doors to who they call, quote, curious bureau files.
1: <laughs> Wait, so if you're not a curious bureau file, you can't come in. Are I you curious know. about beer? Nah, get the hell out get of my Get the place.
0: fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, taking the time to listen, share new recipes, gain new insights, and test new ideas in a perpetual pursuit of the next great recipe. Their focus is on getting better, not getting bigger. And to that point, they do have a fairly f- small distribution spread, which actually has grown by a few states um, since we covered Burnside originally. Mm-hmm. Um, But it's still mostly the Northeast. I'm um, talking about Maine, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Connecticut, New Jersey, Delaware, Maryland, and then randomly Michigan. Why like, Michi- not? Michigan is just like always thrown in there. They must be like, all right, yeah, sell sell your beer here, please.
1: <laughs> we like craft beer.
0: Yeah. Um, so, yes, this is not the first time we've talked about Foundation. First, we covered their brown ale, Burnside, which is actually one of their core beers, mm-hmm. um, like Afterglow, which is what we'll be drinking today. And then last year, we covered Flightless Wonder, uh, which was a limited release IPA made exclusively with New Zealand hops.
1: This one with the Kiwi Bird, right? Mm-hmm. That was good.
0: That was really good. Um, and that is. An idea, which we will come, be coming back around to very soon. <laughs> <laughs> uh But Foundation has a nice variety of both core and rotating beers. I feel like a lot of breweries don't have a core brown ale. No. <laughs> so that's pretty unique, at least like around here. Um, Black
1: Hog and yeah, Bad Black Sons Ho- are the only two that I could think of.
0: And Bad Sun, the Bad Billy Brown Ale isn't oh, even year-round. It's not year-round? Oh,
1: yeah, then Bad Sons is the only ben, one. Bad um, Not bad uh, Black Black Blackhawk is the only one.
0: Yep. And that brown ale is excellent.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Um, Foundation also, um, judging from the other hops that they list in their other beers, seems to gravitate toward New Zealand or Australian hops, which is cool.
1: Yeah, it is pretty cool because they're delicious. They
0: are. So let's talk about Afterglow. Foundation said it is, quote, an IPA rich in American and Australian hops, Afterglow features notes of tangerine, pine, and berries, finishing a touch dank and all delicious.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: (laughs) So Afterglow clocks in at 7% ABV. It was made uh, with a house American yeast and with two row Munich, Vienna, and maine grown pale malts.
1: I do like when they list the malts.
0: Yeah. And this, this has a locally grown malt, which is nice, too. So, the hops Foundation uses for Afterglow include Vic Secret, Simcoe, Centennial, Columbus, and Chinook. First up, we've got Vic Secret, uh, which was developed in 2000 in, in Victoria, Australia, alongside sister variety Topaz, um, but they weren't commercially harvested until 2013. Much like other Australian varieties, Vic Secret developed a reputation for its high alpha acid content and oil composition that imparts pungent tropical fruits like pineapple and passion fruit, as well as some spice and pine. It's also ideal for dry hopping, but late kettle additions really emphasize its earthiness, um, but its fruitiness can get lost. It's most often used in pale ales, IPAs, stouts, and porters. And then we've got Simcoe and these hops were released in 2000 and have since become wildly popular with U.S. brewers. It makes a very nice foundational hop due to its high alpha acids and low cohumulone, but it also has nice aroma uh, that is fruity, earthy and herbal. Simcoe is also really useful because of its aromatic qualities. It has that kind of nice balance between pleasantly fruity as well as earthy and piney. So it's a really solid dual purpose hop it's extremely versatile um being used in ipas double ipas india pale ales india red ales barley wines american amber ales american porters and stouts wild ales and loggers that's a whole lot yeah just like use it wherever you want <laughs> uh its nickname is cascade on steroids and it's often used in conjunction with cascade centennial chinook and citra just for that extra punch. Okay,
1: it's used with Chinook today. And
0: it is used with Centennial and Chinook today. That's right. That's right. So Centennial hops were developed in 1974 and released in 1990. They are a mix of Brewer's Gold, East Kent Golding, Fuggle, and Bavarian hops. Both Centennial and Amarillo hops are considered very close to Cascade because of their citrusy character. Centennial tends to be a little less grapefruity, though. And what makes Centennial special is its versatility, with its depth of bitterness and aroma that bounces out really nicely. And that's what keeps Centennial in really high demand. Next up is Columbus Hops, also sometimes referred to as CTZ, which stands for Columbus Tomahawk Zeus. Um, which should sound familiar because we've talked about Columbus hops before and the legal battle that resulted in a settlement for the same hop to be patented by multiple people, hence the acronym CTZ. Columbus and Tomahawk are genetically identical. Zeus is closely related, but not completely the same, but like similar enough that it's the same. It's the same. So CTZ hops feature a punchy hoppiness and deep aroma with an understated citrus note, uh, which makes it ideal for a dual-purpose hop. It's very high on the bittering scale, so it's commonly used late in the boil, but when it's fresh, they have a very herbal flavor with a lemony kind of citrusy back note. They're most often used in imperial brown ales, barley wines, imperial stouts, and American ales. And then finally, we've got Chinook, and Chinook hops were bred also back in 1974 by Chuck Zimmerman while he was working for the USDA hop breeding program. It was released in 1985 and found popularity with both mainstream and craft brewers. And for the most part, mainstream brewers like Coors liked Chinook for its bittering qualities, but craft brewers found that the flavor and aroma were something to be appreciated as well. So this is definitely, like I said, a dual purpose hop variety. And Chinook can be slightly spicy with a like a, an almost smoky earthy quality. It has an impressive pine resin finish that's not common among other hop varieties, but it does share the same mild fruitiness compared to like other northwest area hops like Columbus and Centennial.
1: Mm.
0: So, yeah. That's what I got.
1: That's cool. That's That's cool.
0: cool. That's cool. You ready to uh, crack this open? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah.
1: Holy pineapple, Batman.
0: Ooh. So obviously foundation is one of the beers that's like usually on the shelf at our local liquor store. Um, Burnside is the first one that caught my eye because it was a brown ale and it was kind of like out of season for brown ale. So Mm -hmm, I was like, mm -hmm. all right, all right, let's do this. Um, And then obviously when I saw the New Zealand one, I was like, well, fuck yeah. But I kinda they don't always have afterglow, even though it's one of their like core beers. So when I saw it come back, I was like, all right, cool, cool, let's do it. Cheers, Cheers. Got a nice Got a thick, foamy nice head. foamy head, yeah, and it's kind of a nice like golden like straw yellow
1: mm-hmm. a lot of sediment on the bottom.
0: oh yeah, I'm gonna okay. So roll your cans. I'm definitely gonna have to pour the rest of mine in <laughs> sooner rather than later. So the sediment kind of mixes. Pineapple? Mm. Holy pineapple.
1: Pineapple. 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 It's <laughs> a super pineappley IPA.
0: In a good way though.
1: Oh yeah. It's it's it should be pineapple I mean it's tropical.
0: Mm-hmm. It's a very interesting. I'll I'll let you get to the can, but the can does not kind of exude how tropical this actually is.
1: No, that was the first thing I noticed when I grabbed it from the fridge just a second ago. I was like,
0: hmm. so now now the the can itself would have indicated to me a specific time of year. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I under I I see why this is a core beer. This is definitely something I could appreciate like year round.
1: Oh, for sure. Yep. Although I think it works a little better in the summertime. Mm. Like now that it's summer, like I think I appreciate it a little bit more.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't know if I want a mouthful of pineapple in in the dead of winter. Like, yeah. F- Christmas.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think, I feel like I almost tend to lean more toward West coast IPAs in the winter time because of the earthiness, the dank, like
1: just hear those sleigh bells ringling. Yeah. Hey, that's a lot of pineapple. Ugh. <laughs>
0: I love the carbonation on this. It's very like a very bubbly, like full mouthfeel.
1: It's very carbonated. It's a lot more carbonated than I thought it would be.
0: Like I'm definitely going to have the burps after this. Oh, yeah. It's such a picturesque beer. Like when you pour out your beer, this is what you want it to look like.
1: this is true. It's a nice looking beer. But although, it depends on the beer. this is, If I poured out an IPA, I'd like this. Mm-hmm. If I poured out a brown ale, I wouldn't want this.
0: Well, no. I, brown ales typically don't really even have much of a head, right?
1: No, not usually, no. Not like stouts. Brown ales yeah. don't really have much of a head at all. Yeah. These are the ones I've had. This is a very least head, but I think the heads on IPAs seem to be all over the place.
0: Oh, for sure. Like, I want to know what contributes to like, is this going to be like a super foamy, like lacy head or is it just going to kind of be like, you know, just a little bit on the top? Like what makes what makes the head? Is it the carbonation? Is it the hops? Because if it's the hops, then that explains why a brown ale wouldn't have. Could be the hops of a head.
1: The way they. (sighs) I don't know. I the really, did,
0: I really don't know.
1: I would think it would be the Is yeast. Is it the yeast? Myself? Is the
0: sugars?
1: I don't know.
0: I just, I really need you guys to pay for my education.
1: I'm set up a GoFundMe, <laughs> <laughs> a
0: Sacred Heart to take the brewers. Yeah,
1: it's super pineapple-y. I, I really can't get past the pineapple taste.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I get the, like, the pine on the back end, but it's very, very like. Faint. Mm hmm. Yeah,
1: there's a little bit of pine note at the bottom at the back. There's also it's fairly yeasty. Mm hmm. There's definitely a yeast backbone to it. But if you're, if you're talking like hot flavors, the pineapple is really the one that comes through. Yeah. With like a pine finish.
0: And they say, oh, that's that's crazy. So direct from foundation, they describe it as tangerine, pine and berries finishing a touch dank
1: tangerine pine and berries
0: so i get that pine pine slash dank it definitely finishes dank i'm not getting berries at all
1: no i'm getting pineapple they're not listing pineapple no i mean i'm sick what's your excuse
0: Uh, it's pineapple i can maybe understand some tangerine there is a little there is like a citrusy aspect to it but also pineapple can lean citrusy a little bit it's i mean it's more sweet no you know what i'm i'm sticking by that there has to be tangerine because generally pineapple's a little sweet so tangerine is kind of balancing it out
1: okay okay but i don't get the berries
0: Mm -mm. unless we took these beers in a frozen glass so Possibly, as the temperature comes down, we might get more notes. The correct taste. That's so, that's something that we've found <laughs> often in previous episodes.
1: Not supposed to drink beer in frozen glasses.
0: Ah, then but why do you let me do it?
1: <laughs> it's so refreshing. It's so refreshing,
0: and it's the middle <laughs> of summer, and it's like really cold and gross and gray and rainy outside, guys. Like I'm literally in pants and a three quarter sweatshirt, and it's the first day of summer. No, sorry, yesterday was the first day of summer. What the fuck?
1: I'm in short shorts and a (laughs) t-shirt. I'm going to hold it with both hands so it gets a little warmer. Bring it down to
0: temperature. That's right. Get more out of it. I mean. They're
1: not the ones. They're not one of the breweries that tells you what you should uh, drink it at, right?
0: No, unfortunately.
1: You bastards.
0: Don't say that. We've only had good experiences with our beer so far.
1: This beer was made December 1st, 2020. Oh, because it's a year round beer. Yep, 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 yep.
0: Oh yeah. This is this wasn't brewed in twenty twenty.
1: No, yeah, it says twelve one twenty twenty. This was brewed in twenty twenty. Beer is over six months old. A little old, but that's fine. Sure, it's fine. Do you not have twelve one twenty twenty on yours? I do. It's American beer, so it's not
0: 1-12-2020. Yeah.
1: Oh wait, it's twenty twenty two.
0: It is twenty twenty two. Is this is this two and a half years old?
1: There's no way. There's there's no, no way. way
0: they would never put this out on the shelf.
1: No. And it wouldn't taste good. At this point, there'd be something off about it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know. They might have stamped it with the wrong date.
0: They had to have.
1: This probably means 12-1-2021. I want to believe that. Uh, I need to believe that.
0: Should we contact them?
1: I mean, I hope they listen to this episode and realize maybe we drank an old version of their beer.
0: But it's still good. I don't know. I don't know, man.
1: Uh, Whatever. It's got alcohol and I'm not going to die. I'm already dying anyway from whatever I got.
0: You are already dying. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, even at the... The beer lesson the beer class that we went to a couple of weeks ago yeah um he like, said you know don't do not age your beer i'm <laughs> like it's not yeah. worth it
1: the only drink beers, it fresh always the only beers you can age are the ones that are aged beers yeah that are purposely aged
0: so spreading the knowledge for those of you out there i mean i was also one of the ones among this mindset where all right i'm not gonna be going home right away so why would i buy a beer from the fridge if it's just going to get warm
1: oh yeah i always yeah. bought it
0: off the shelf but apparently the longer it's kept cold the better it is for the beer so even if you're not going right home and the beer might warm up again get it from the fridge if it's available in the fridge as long as it's
1: been cold the longer it's, gonna it's gonna be. been cold the better it's gonna be
0: cold the better yeah even exactly. if it goes from
1: cold to warm cold to warm cold to warm it's when it's cold that it's being saved saved yeah <laughs> Which is like a rumor everyone believes. Yeah. Yes, that's the one thing that kind of blew my mind that day.
0: Mm-hmm. This right. is really good. I am as it's coming to temperature. Like as I'm seeing the the sweat on my glass and it's coming down. Um, I honestly am getting a little bit more berry, and I, I don't say, know if it's I in can, my head.
1: I can get the berries a little bit, but I'm still getting pineapple, man.
0: Yes, but no, oh yeah, I'm I not am, getting less pineapple. I'm getting slightly more berry.
1: I am getting some. I am getting some berries in this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is very pineapple-y.
0: Yes, which I'm I'm sh- shocked still that 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 it's not part of the descriptor.
1: It's in the descriptions for some of the hops, though, right?
0: Vic Secret pungent tropical fruits like pineapple and passion fruit. Okay, yep. yep. But that's really the only one.
1: I feel like I'm always sensitive to the pineapple flavor anyway.
0: Yeah. And we don't have Vic's Secret very often. Yeah. But that's definitely the predominant note for me.
1: Me too. Still. But I think you are right after you said it, that the the tangerine is definitely better cut back the sweetness of that pineapple. Mm-hmm. This is a sweeter beer, but it's not a sweet beer. No. So I think the tangerine flavors do cut back that sweetness, the sweet taste that you would get.
0: Yeah, so you're not getting like distinct tangerine, but it's kind of like there just to—it's
1: there helping mediate. Yeah, yeah. And Maybe the berries are in there. The berry flavors in there, just to make it like a medley.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But it definitely pineapple is the is the front man. Yeah, they're the backup singers in this for <laughs> sure, big time. Ooh. They're like the raisinets.
0: Like, oh my god!
1: <laughs> but but like not all dried out and wrinkly. <laughs> That's what someone should do. I want to see the raisinettes when they were grapes. <laughs> what? Mm. Explain. I want to see them before they got all dried out and turned into raisins. <laughs> I want to see them in their prime. I want to see them as, as young, youthful, you know. So if they're like kind of old soul singers, I want to see them like hop and bopping, kind of like 1950s kind of kind of music, you yeah. know what I mean? And show them like oh my God. before they became Papa roll rolling stone. Yeah. And like that kind of like old soul music and like do mm-hmm. like the faster kind of stuff. I want to see them as but they're grapes because they haven't oh turned God. into the raisins yet. Although now that we're saying this, mm-hmm. I'm sure most of the listeners don't know what the California raisins are. Aww. California raisins have like dropped off the face of planet. Yeah. They kind of disappeared with the Budweiser frogs.
0: Oh, like
1: old school anthropomorphic uh, spokespeople that don't exist anymore.
0: Yeah. I'm actually like, why? Did, why did the why did Buzz Budweiser bring back the horses, but not the frogs?
1: I don't think they brought back the horses I think the horses were always a thing. The Clydesdales.
0: Oh, OK. The frogs. That, well, they the kind frogs, of like
1: they murdered on a Super Bowl commercial. Yeah. A crocodile ate them. They were just yeah. like, we're done with the Budweiser frogs.
0: This is the end. They also murdered Mr. Peanut.
1: (laughs) They did. They did murder Mr. Peanut. What is with advertisers? (laughs) Anyway, speaking of advertisers, this can is a tall boy with a wraparound label. Mm -hmm. So this kind of fits the the brown ale kind of foundation look of the logo that we know. The foundation
0: has a very thematic look. There are a handful of beers that don't have this kind of format of label. Like the
1: one with the Kiwi Bird?
0: No, it was still the same.
1: But it had a bird on it?
0: Yeah, like it's still kind of like that white slant color. And then the the label is always in this, has the same placement. Um, But there are some, there's like two or three beers that have just like a completely different Different look. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it's like a white label and then there's a stripe down it, like Elise said, um, going slanted it's probably like a two-inch stripe uh, toward the left side going all the way down. And on the top of that slant is going to be the title of your beer in like a bold, kind of like aerial font, just like a plain font. And I think the color of the the white always stays and the color of the strip is different. So with the brown, obviously, it was like a brown color. Mm-hmm. Uh, This is a purple color, like a maroon color, though, like a purple-brown. Really not the can I would have... I would expect from something called afterglow. Uh um, yeah.
0: It's a very it's an interesting choice.
1: Subdued. Within the strip, there's like a a circle, like a faded white circle, which is interesting. And within the strip, you get the uh the Grist and Hops on the side, then they list them within the strip. So Pale, Pilsner, Crystal, and the hops are Vic Secret, Simcoe, and Centennial. Alco by volume. This is all on the white the white side, the listing that like, grist hops, alcohol by volume. In the strip is listing what's specific. And then in the strip, it says this is a living product. Some sediment may occur.
0: Which I I think was also on Flightless Wonder, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Right. Well, I think this is like if it's a living product and that's one of the beers that get um, yeast thrown in them during the canning process. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which has a name I can't think of right now. Uh, and then on the white side, it says rich with in an American and Australian hops with notes of tangerine, berries and pine. Afterglow finishes a touch dank and all delicious. Feel the glow, which I think is what Elise said earlier. Mm-hmm. Then the foundation brewing logo is kind of interesting. It's like an open book almost logo. Uh, I guess like just like a cube, maybe an open cube. And the F is backwards and the <laughs> B is pointed the right way. It's an FB. And then it says foundation in all lowercase letters, brewing company. Then on the right side, you get Maine Farms provide part of the grist used in this product. Brewed and canned in Portland, Maine by Foundation Brewing Company, product of the USA, the government warning. And then inside of their little uh, barcode, there's the state of Maine all kind of cut out within it. So pretty simple can. Um, Part of what I like about these cans is that like everyone's the same. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you're getting a foundation can.
0: Yes. Yes. It's very consistent branding, and that's what I was just going to show you. <laughs> like, everything has the same kind of format, except for very few. Like, that's their Lemonade, which they just came out with.
1: Mm-hmm. Zesty.
0: I like but it. But even their limited-time beers have the same...
1: Stripe, but there's more... Stripe. F- there's the- just fun in the stripe.
0: Yeah, exactly. But
1: yeah, that works. I think consistent branding works. Because you have things like, I love Two Roads. Mm-hmm. And some Two Roads stuff does have consistent branding. Like some cans from Two Roads, you can look at it and go, that's a Two Roads can from far away. But mm-hmm. a lot of the time, you know, a lot of the cans are very different. Tribus is very different. Mm-hmm. We talk about beers all the time with different artists and different looks to them. And that's really cool and eye-catching. Yeah. But another great product, way to uh, split your product from everybody else is to create your own standardized look to your can. Yes. So while it might not be as exciting as a portrait picture, you know, Oh, that's a foundation can. What flavor is that? Mm-hmm. Especially if they're not sorting by brewery, if they're sorting by flavor Yep. and you go, I love foundation. Oh, look a foundation IPA. You know, that's a foundation IPA just from walking down the aisle. Yeah. And I think that's a great marketing tactic as well. Definitely. Because everyone who has different album, uh, album art, everyone who has different can art <laughs> and uh, bottle art all the time. It's like, you're not going to know just by looking at it. Yeah. But like, at the same time, like a Kona, it's always a beach portrait. Mm-hmm. So you always know, you're always pretty sure. I and think they, that's a Kona. And they
0: always use that very kind of unique shaped bottle. True. For the brown, like with the brown glass.
1: But how long are they going to do that before it becomes a can too?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I, mean, I think glass is going to go away pretty quick in the next like 10 years. I don't think yeah. you're going to see. No. You're going to see maybe some specialty. Because it's not as
0: recyclable. Yeah. yeah.
1: Aluminum's recyclable infinitely. Mm -hmm. you're just gonna see it like change to that especially if i'm sure before america does it europe will do it yep and just be like you can't do glass anymore yeah unless it's a very specific beer you're trying to make
0: Mm -hmm. um if it's being aged glass makes sense
1: that's the thing it would be have to be an aged beer yeah um but other than that you're gonna see a lot of cans pop up but Mm -hmm. kona because of their art, you're gonna know it's a beach scene. Foundation, you're gonna know because it's got that white can with that stripe, and that stripe can be whatever it wants, but that's gonna be that stripe in between those two whites. Yep. With the stripe, kind of to the left, it's very eye catching mm-hmm. in its own kind of very uniform, very slick way.
0: Yeah. And to that point, like you said, two roads has a very distinct label for their core products yeah
1: their core products have a the two roads logo with the two hands going with different the two directions hands, the arrows but it's like not stained glass but something akin to that sometimes yeah
0: I, that's the really like the best way to describe it
1: kind of like abstract once you've seen two or three two roads cans yeah you're gonna know what a two roads can is gonna kind of look like on the But shelf. there
0: are like the random ones. oh there are so
1: many variations that's the thing yeah. like two roads does not keep consistent with it yeah which is fine I mean, I'm not going to knock two roads because I love two roads. But yeah. if we're talking marketing.
0: It makes sense, though. Foundations that, the, that help. The, the core core cans have the same themed can art. Sure.
1: But the logo should be big. Yeah. If you're going to change up stuff. Yeah. Um, Or like. I think like, oh, there's, what's the there's one
0: really no other
1: clown shoes. You know, a clown shoes. A, the clown shoes logo is big on the can. It's huge. The yeah. Art is very specific and it's always. The full wraparound pressed-on yep. label, um, with a lot of color, so you know mm-hmm. a clown cheese beer when it pops up.
0: Yeah, uh, there's a a couple Stony Creek beers that have very similar art yep. that are part of their core. <clears throat> What's the, what the
1: Raging Bitch beer? What's that brewery? Raging By Raging, is Raging that Bitch, the, it's a is dog. That the same, it's a mean dog.
0: Is that the same brewery as Naughty Nurse? Or am I going crazy?
1: Mm, you might be right, but you also might be wrong. I, mm, all right. Let
0: me but look there, that up real quick. <laughs> their art is
1: very grotesquely abstract in a way.
0: Yeah, they have a. Uh, they definitely have like one again, artist who has a, a style, style.
1: And that works as well. But this is crisp and clean and kind of works in like no gimmicks, like we're in it for the beer kind of a thing. Yeah. And I think that works.
0: Flying Dog Brewery.
1: Flying Dog. Okay. Yeah, And their arts are weird yeah or you can have beers like bad sun where uh it's their giant bad sun's uh, like skull hop logo mm-hmm. is most of the can so the can art can be whatever but that logo is probably a good if we're talking the circumference of the can it's probably a third of the can yeah so you know it's bad sons they can do whatever they want with their can but that logo is always going to be front and center big time on that can Mm -hmm. but i think foundation with the stripe works it's just a little like something called afterglow i would imagine like a party can and i also thought i had a beer called afterglow
0: before I mean, maybe.
1: Well, maybe I had a beer called After Party. I'm not sure, but I would imagine like a black can with kind of like holographic fireworks and paint and <laughs> like all that kind of thing, like mm-hmm. one of those glow parties. Yeah, that's what I would be picturing. That's fair. Uh, so the can's a little bit like a kind of an undersell compared to the name. The name is definitely more exciting than the art on the can, if yeah. you're in the stripes. Yeah, agreed. Uh, but it's cool, and that's that's. Uh, let me take one more sip now that this is pretty much warm in my head. <laughs> okay. So you've already finished. This is a mug club beer. For me. Yeah. Your taste this. Then I got it. It's pretty much room temperature. A little less. The pineapple is settled. I can definitely yeah. get berries. Yeah. It's almost like the pineapple and berries. If you're drinking it slightly cold, this mm-hmm. is probably like 50 degrees now.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: The pineapple and the berries are kind of teamed up and I can see like yep. a balance between those. The tangerine is definitely still only there to kind of tie things together. Yeah. I really don't taste tangerine. It's not
0: f- like tangerine forward at all. Yeah. For me.
1: And while I might be sick, my nose isn't stuffed up. So I know. I'm and I'm not it. sick. Yeah.
0: <laughs> at least not that I know.
1: Uh, So, yeah, I think that the pineapple and berries comes through when the beer warms up. But when it's colder, you get much more of a pineapple focus. Mm-hmm. But pineapple is definitely there. Uh, the tangerine, I really don't get as heavy as their description would make it seem like tangerine. No. But I think that's also an issue with a lot of beers seem more tangerine-y or are described as really tangerine And we also
0: struggle to struggle find it. Struggle to find it. Find it. So yeah. I think
1: both you and I don't have very strong tangerine palates. Receptors. <laughs> we might need to buy a whole bunch of tangerines. Just to, <laughs> just to see if like by... Having tangerines I eating them more often, we'll know. Also, then we'll have more vitamin C, and then maybe I wouldn't have gotten sick.
0: Maybe. But yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> all right. Well, then, thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode. If if you enjoyed it. Please rate it, review it, share it with your friends, and subscribe to catch our future episodes. You can find us on crackin one or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at crackin or shoot us an email at crackin at at gmail.com with any comments, questions, or suggestions because we always want to hear from you. Yes. What else you got to plug?
1: Oh man, you know, buy my audiobooks, please. Uh, Coffee at Midnight, Progressive Entrapment, if you have the stomach for it. Uh, the Final Girl, which is like a nineteen eighty slasher movie in a book. I think it's one of the best books I did. I do a lot of different characters. I think it's well written. Uh, Sour, which is like a evil dead meets an Appalachian fairy tale, which is a bunch of southern accents. There's an evil witch. It's kind of, it's got a lot of weird evil daddy stuff. I, I, like, I like, like that book a lot. Uh, Vacation Planet, which is like a sci-fi noir which was really fun to do which I'm doing the sequel for at some point this summer uh and switch our front and gangsters where I do a whole bunch of British uh voices it's like a guy Ritchie novel uh book or movie in a book form so buy those books I don't make money of them if you don't get them uh, they're on audible uh yeah so get those. I've also got Forgotten Cinema, podcasted podcast with my buddy Mike Field, where we talk about films that seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether it be because a more popular movie was released at the same time or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience. In its initial run, we'll discuss what you love about it. Maybe don't love about it, but we'll always recommend you revisit it. You never know. You might find your own Forgotten Gem. Uh, and I've also got Two Player Bros, which is going to come back as a YouTube show, maybe a podcast again uh, within the coming, I would say, probably a week, within the month, probably now that I'm no longer full time at my other job. <laughs> so I can work on these more creative endeavors. So please check that out. And Mm -hmm. that's
0: all I got. All right. Well, then a special thanks for our theme, which was composed and performed by Joe Reichert. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers. Hello there. General McMillan. I was expecting a podcaster of your abilities to be a little older. Anders, you're shorter than I expected. No need to be so uncivilized. I'm Anders, that's Colleen. Join us along with our co-hosts Daniel and Flo for yet another Star Wars podcast, because the internet can never have enough nerds talking about Star Wars. This season, we're headed, hopefully briefly, back again to the edges of Tatooine's Dune Sea to explore the new series Obi-Wan Kenobi. We'll search our feelings for what we know is true, that changing your first name from Obi-Wan to Ben is the most effective cover story in the history of the galaxy. Yet another Star Wars podcast is available wherever you get you podcasts and is proudly part of the Forgotten Entertainment family.